Hello, my baby. Hello, my Simon. Hello, my ragtime girl. Hello. Hello, how you doing, Paul? <laughs> Have you got sun where you are? Um, Not exactly where I am, but there's sun beyond the window. The sun beyond the window. I haven't um, dared to enter today. You haven't gone outside? No, I've been working on my documentary. Huh? Oh, yeah, just stroking your dock. Yep, and uh, I'm so pale. <laughs> <laughs> you are pale anyway. What colour are you now? <laughs> I'm you just look like a jellyfish. translucent. I'm just veins and bones. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really nice here. Weather's lovely. I've been wearing, uh, for the first time this year, I haven't had to wear a coat over my hoodie to work. Nice. And uh, I'm wearing sunglasses as well. Like a real cool dude. Um, I got my shorts out of storage. I usually have my shorts in a vacuum sealed bag. I was going to say, when you say out of storage, did you have to go down to a warehouse (laughs) and get them? (laughs) It's called the uh, Scottish Shorts Company. (laughs) Everyone keeps their shorts in the same place. Do they ever run, you know, do they they ever run short? Oh, good one. Good one. Shorts. Good one. Do you, you know, do you. Now I'm in Jaden, FBI. Victor Goddamn Sullivan. Booker DeWitt. Solid Snake. Commander Shepard. Morton Sullivan. You're listening to PlayStation. 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 PlayStation Radio. Radio. Radio UK. This is PlayStation Radio UK. This is 97.1 FM PlayStation Radio UK. It's Wednesday the 31st of May 2017. That's right, it's been, I think, nearly a month since the last podcast. Has it? Fuck you. It's it's time. It's our time to shine. Cuckoo-cuckoo. Go and fuck yourselves. We're back. I'm Ben. (laughs) Simon is here. Hello. It's been quite a tumultuous couple of few of weeks. I turned 25, had a birthday, and you... You got some exciting news. Oh, yeah. I forgot I hadn't said that. Um, I'm moving to High Wycombe. <gasps> well, I mean, that's not that's good. That's not the exciting but, like, bit. why? Why? Because why? I've got, um, I've been offered a job. I haven't signed a contract Yay! yet. But it should be. He did. He's done it. It He's should be any it. moment. That's amazing. I'm really happy for you, man. You've, you've had a really fucking bit, a bit <clears> of a rough go of finding a job. And it sounds like this is exactly the kind of thing that you're interested in isn't it yeah so it's like a producer job working for a a tv channel a new a 24-hour news channel that's amazing Uh, so do you have a a start date yet yes third of july okay and that means you're moving further away from me just just when we got close enough to touch just about yeah and now you're going again but it'll be my independence day (laughs) the third of july kirk fucking hell come and (laughs) come and say hello on your way past no all right. <laughs> I mean, you you and I have to share a car down to down to Andy's wedding. Oh, we did, we forgot to talk about the. Um, we went we went to a stag do, didn't we? 
Yeah, it was good fun. It was really good fun. Yeah. Um, God, it's got a very gay guy got, bought me a drink in that one pub. Oh, that's nice. I remember when I had that apple apple juice and gin, and they put like a lime in it, and made it no. look like a big gay cocktail. Oh. Well, it was a gay guy that bought it for me. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> I think he. But the, what does that say about me and and the energy that I exude? You're positively green. That's I, how well you look. <laughs> I mean, they say that gay people can sense other gay people. So maybe I just oh, don't know okay. yet. What, like gaydar? Or, or yeah. That, yeah, okay. Maybe you just don't. Maybe you don't. I mean, you are in a committed long-term relationship, so you might want to do something about that. <laughs> if, you're, if you are I think maybe gay. it was just that I was ordering an apple juice and gin. Were you really? Yeah, because... Oh, okay. I've never had that. That does sound like a, a rather effeminate drink, if yeah, I may say so. I was talking to a couple of the guys that we were on the stag do with, and I was talking about how... It's I like gin more than vodka, but vodka has that orange juice and gin combo, which is like when you don't when you've been drinking the night before and you mm. have to drink again, you you choose that because it just tastes like juice. Right, right. And I was like, there's not really that for gin. And then they were like, well, we drink apple juice and gin, and it sounds really shit, but it's so nice. Okay. Well, so. your 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 friend will have to buy me one at some point. Or show me where yeah. to buy one anyway. <laughs> But it was good fun, wasn't it? It was nice. Um, it was. It, we, we walked through the most torrential rain I have ever been outside in after we yeah, went to go see a Rangers that game. That was at the, We just reached the point where we gave up on staying dry, wasn't it? Just walking. My, my shoes were soaking. I've only just started wearing them again in the past <laughs> couple of days <laughs> because they were so wet. But we, uh, went, we got to this um, Pelican Crossing and we were just waiting there to cross the road. Yeah. And there was a puddle, and cars kept going through it, and it was like the movies when the wave of water comes over you. And yeah. Ben just stood there. Ben just, just accepted nothing. it. I was defeated. I was so <laughs> defeated. There was no, there was nothing I could do about it at that point. Uh, yeah, no, it was crazy. And then uh, we immediately went out and played Zorb football, didn't we? With the where you wear the giant bubbles oh, over so your top half. I played it for a little bit. I scored a few goals, but yeah. then I injured myself. I have dodgy knees and I had to step out because I'm rubbish at life. Yeah. Um, and and sports that where you're actually cocooned by inflatables as well, apparently. <laughs> Which is a bit of a knock to, to Just an those ego. two things. Just, um, <laughs> just sports when you're cocooned by inflatables and the rest of everything. <laughs> and, and just everything else, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was great though. Uh, but, but yeah, I had a birthday and... Um, did you do anything and, and special? Not really, no. no. Like I, I, I for my birthday, I don't really like to do stuff. I don't like, honestly, Simon. I don't like the attention. So yeah. I just hold myself up here, and I played video games and watched TV, and uh, maybe, maybe did some like, uh, maybe, maybe did some drugs, and and had uh, had some takeaway pizza or something. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's KFC actually. Wow. And it was amazing because the KFC, there's no KFC. There's a KFC within walking distance, but it's about 25 minutes away. So it's, and I don't have my car here. So if I want a KFC, it's not really doable if I want to eat it here, but it's on delivery. So if, yeah. Yeah. If, I, if I'm willing to pay over the odds, which I am on a special occasion, I get to have a KFC. And it was, ah, oh, it was amazing. I had a lovely day. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, since then. I went to, I was at my parents this weekend, just gone because it was my grandma's birthday. And on the train back, Simon, on the train back, play my music. Oh, God. 
it's time for Ben's depressing week. So basically, I met a man on a train. He was an old man, he was sat next to me, and he wanted to tell me all about his life. Okay. Uh, then it turned out that he was actually just, he was getting off the stop before me, and this is a four and a half hour train ride, and I was sitting there thinking, oh my god, I'm gonna die here. <laughs> I'm gonna die. So his name is Doug. <laughs> he, he likes, he did engineering. Oh, wow. He told me how to deal with stressful situations in case I'm getting angry at people. Oh, well, me how to, we'll come back to that when you get to my he, story. He on. told me how to deal with psychopaths, which I really should have done there and then with him, but it, I mean, he was like king psychopath. Um, <laughs> he told me how to, how to like sort out valves with engineering, which I immediately forgot, and I wasn't really listening at the time, to be honest. And he also talked about how his brother-in-law was the man who invented purple haze, as in Jimi Hendrix. Uh, is it Jimi Hendrix? Jimi Hendrix, purple haze? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and also met, also how he met Jimi Hendrix. He just kept going on and on. And at one point, well, at several points he kept saying, oh, I, well, I'll, anyway, I'll leave you alone. And out of politeness, I just said, oh, no, don't worry about it, it's okay. Not as in, please carry on, but more of a, seriously, like, don't worry about it, but please stop. The sharp, yeah. Yeah, and I was wearing sunglasses for the entire <laughs> conversation as well, which I think is a bit of an indicator that I'm not immediately interested. And um, yeah. and I also said, oh, I'm going to try and I'm going to try and actually go to sleep because I didn't get much sleep last night. And he was like, oh, okay. And then he told me a 15 minute anecdote about a time that he was tired. Wow, uh, the best kind of guy. Then I managed to get like uh, basically I had to pretend to be asleep for two hours. <laughs> when I got the opportunity, and that was my that was my train trip home. If I was you, I would have said, "I'm just going to go to the toilet," and then just not came back. <laughs> no, but my stuff was there, and there were no other seats. Yeah. Oh. Okay. It was. Uh, yeah, I was in my assigned seat, so that was awful. But you said you've got something. Yeah. So what what was his tip for dealing with anger? So he said, "Imagine that your head is inside a bubble." And that bubble represents all the knowledge that you have. And the bigger your bubble, the more knowledge you have. I was like, okay. And, then, and I wasn't really listening, so I may be getting this wrong, Simon, so I do apologize. But he, he said, if someone, you know, if someone cuts you off, off in traffic or cuts you up in traffic and you're like really mad at them, just imagine you know, your bubble compared to theirs because they're doing something really stupid. So they've just got like a tiny bubble around their head and you just need to, you just need to say, oh, all right then, tiny bubble. <laughs> that's it that's what he said that's his way of dealing with like situations where it's ridiculous isn't it I'm well i don't think that would have helped this guy what, isn't real what happened was where i'm staying just now there's not enough parking spaces okay okay and there's this one particular person who drives a fiat 500 and drives like a psychopath okay like an absolute loony and she parked in a way that meant it was very difficult for me to park, but there was nowhere else to park. There's not enough spaces. Right. And my brother was with me at the time, and he stays just along the road now, in the, like, the same block of flats. Um, And he, he can see the, the car park from his window. So I said, well, keep an eye on the car in case she tries to do anything stupid. Right. Okay. And he got out of the shower, and he texted me, the wing mirror is off your car. Okay. <laughs> right. What the fuck? And 
I just lost it. I w- stormed down the stairs. I walked past the woman who owns the car. Okay. Right. I went straight for her car and I keyed the whole side of it. Oh my God. Really? Like pretty badly. Yeah. What the fuck, man? She damaged my car and just left it. She parked elsewhere so that she, I wouldn't know who'd done it. Whoa. And then, does she, does and then I got but I got to my car and I was trying to fix one more and then I thought, no, because if I fix it, it'll be pretty obvious who did that. Yeah. That was like the moment where I was coming down out of my anger and I was like, shit, what have I done? What have I, I've made a huge mistake. So I left the wing mirror there. Um, <laughs> Holy fucking shit, you're a psychopath. I know, like, it was so bad. And then a couple of days later, the worst thing is, um, I mean, it's still damaged, but I managed to put it back together so that I can actually use it and my car will work. Yeah. Um, but honestly, fuck her. <laughs> God, yeah, seriously. What the fuck? What's wrong with her? Like, what? I mean, I mean, imagine smashing someone's wing bar and then just driving off and pretending nothing had happened. Yeah, no, that's fucked up. But um, then if I could change one thing about it, I would have waited a week so that it definitely wouldn't have been able to tell who did it. Right. I think she probably knows. I think she's probably got an idea. Yeah. So let us know if anyone dubs you in. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I'm stuck in a uh, lying low. <laughs> did your brother see you do it? He <laughs> shouted out way? the window, no, Simon, don't. <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> but I was so like... I don't know. I was so angry. Furious. You're yeah, furious. I was furious. I need to learn. Your little, to you you should have just it. looked at her little bubble and be like, oh, hello, little her bubble. Little I've fucking got stupid a, bubble Fiat 500. I've got of, a huge bubble. Look at the size of my bubble. <laughs> just because she's God. too tight to pay for a road tax. It's another reason people buy those cars. <laughs> is it really? It really is. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, I have two small orders of business here. Firstly, I'd like to apologize to those of you that noticed there were some weird editing issues with the last <gasps> episode. There was a bit, even though I, I marked down the moment that I needed to cut some <coughs> silence out when you said you needed to go and check that the TV wasn't too loud next yeah. door or something. Yeah. And I cut it out. And then when I listened back to the episode, it was still in. Yeah, I did I it like, twice. What? So it's probably... The f- oh, you did it twice. Okay, yeah. right. That's Sorry. Probably Sorry. So I apologize for that. That's because I'll be fucked if I listen to the whole episode through while I'm editing it. I just pay attention to my notes that I've made. Usually yeah. it's fine, but sometimes things slip through the cracks, so I, I apologize for that. Also, last episode I said it was my birthday soon, and I jokingly said if people wanted to send me gifts, they could send them to What Culture, and I'd pick them up. And uh, Kevin Cox did, one of our listeners. He sent me some lovely art, what he done. He's a very talented artist, man, and they're up on my wall now. Um, so I want to say a big thank you to him. They nice. sent them all the way from Oklahoma. Oklahoma. O- the Oklahoma, yeah, Kevin yeah. Cox. So thank you very much for those, man. It was very kind of you. <laughs> and uh, and they are now on my wall looking all lovely and wicked and shit. But there we go. That's uh, That's us, I think. Let's begin. Games. Game of the week. Sim Sam, Slibby Blimblom, Doodoo. That's I know you have played some. That is it. I know you have played some games, but you've played a better game. I've played Farpoint on VR, which I thought oh, might make for a yeah. good discussion. I reviewed it for work, and it is fine. It's so fine, <laughs> and a kind of damn fine, or just a oh, it's fine. It's, <laughs> it is of average leanings. Uh, average tendencies but the way I described it in my review and I apologise because I know some people keep up with my work on what culture so if I'm repeating myself then 
fuck you guys. <clears throat> I don't have enough words in my brain to express myself in many other ways, but it's uh, it's basically a mediocre shooter that's elevated by having VR. Okay. So it's a brown, trudgy shooter across a sandy planet where bugs and various assorted aliens jump at you and you have to shoot them. And you just enter a new section and there's loads of cover and you're like, okay, I've got to shoot shit here. And then you move on to the next section. Um, but it's punctuated by, by a surprisingly well-acted story uh, that takes place in you being transported. Like basically you're, you're searching yeah. for these two survivors of the crash that got you there and you pick up their sort of hollow tapes or whatever that they've left behind and then you you view those scenes in VR so you can they act around you basically you just look around um, but obviously the game itself isn't actually it's one of the first first person shooters on PlayStation VR that isn't on rails uh, oh. you do actually move around the gun that it comes bundled with is fantastic it feels very natural to move things about I didn't have a problem with it at all so if you can hear outside as well it's just very hot today how close the is the gun peripheral to the PlayStation Move gun? Um, God, I can't even remember what that looks like. It's not the same. It's a, it's a whole solid unit. It, your Move controller doesn't slide into it. Okay. And, uh, and it does have every button from a DualShock represented on it. Cool. Uh, so it's all over the place, and it looks really weird, but you get used to it really quickly. Uh, much like Resi, you have lots of different methods of actually moving around but unlike resi where you generally just walk quite slowly and creep around obviously you want to move quite fast in this game so there's no bobbing from side to side when you're walking in your your character model if you look at your shadow it just sort of slides along the floor which is Whee. a bit weird yeah exactly your legs move but you don't really move about yeah uh so the best way that i managed to do it i started by standing up and playing it that way and you've got the left analog stick on there to to move backwards and forwards and the right analog stick by default doesn't do anything so you just have to turn the gun in the direction that you want to go forwards and it's really strange and you can't really maneuver yourself very fast because if you want to go backwards you've literally got to reverse like a lorry and it's really <laughs> it's, it's really weird so i turned on full motion controls for the right analog stick so basically i'm playing as if i had a dualshock 4 you know using the right analog stick to turn and so on but i can turn my head in VR, and I can also use my gun. But I had to sit down to play it that way, because otherwise it, it wasn't making me nauseous. It just, I was having to concentrate a lot on not falling over, because I was getting really yeah. <laughs> unbalanced uh, you know, standing Resident up. Resident Evil had that thing where you move in increments. That's another option here. That's eventually option we here. changed it to just, it works as normal, but your head also moves. That made you feel a bit unwell, though, didn't it? Yeah, towards the end it did, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I was there's very a control scheme yet. There isn't, and that's that's the tough thing. That's one of the things about this game is that they do so many things right in terms of it's, you know, they're, they're pioneers, basically. They're the first people to try and make this kind of game in VR, at least on PlayStation VR. And they've done a lot of stuff that's really commendable, but there's so much stuff that's not quite right. Uh, and it doesn't help that the, the game itself is, is rather unremarkable. The checkpoints are, are awful, really bad. That's a source of frustration. But it does have a co-op. And actually, Andy, the producer, also has it. So we played in co-op. Nice. Uh, and it's it's really cool inhabiting a 3D VR space with another player, being able to look at each other. And the VR headset has a microphone built in, so you're able just to talk to them with, with no problem whatsoever. Uh, but those aren't... It isn't just the story mode in co-op. They're sort of challenge maps where you get... You do a section, and then you reach a checkpoint, and then you do a section, you reach a checkpoint, and there's like five or six different challenge maps. 
But those rest sections in between the different parts of each map don't appear to have checkpoints in because we made it three or four into one of them and then we died and it kicked us right back to the start mm. of the whole thing. And then we just didn't really want to play it anymore. But uh, apparently they are going to patch those okay. checkpoints. But in all, I think, <clears throat> and I said this in my review, I think it's a necessary purchase for people who already have PlayStation VR because obviously it's a Sony first-party game and it deserves your uh, support. And also there isn't much like it. And also you'll probably want the gun peripheral for other stuff at some point. Uh, but it's not good enough that you would buy a PlayStation VR for it. Right. How so, much was the game? Um, the game, I think the bundle is £60 with the okay. gun, uh, but you can now buy it without, and it costs significantly less. It's about £30. Uh, and you can just play it with a DualShock if you okay. want. Um, right. But I think the gun does add a lot. Right. Um, so I don't know why you wouldn't want to play it without the gun. And how long does it take to finish? Because that's another thing that VR games have mm. usually been is quite short. It's about... It's about four to five hours, and we still haven't found this medium yet, with, and this is the case with a lot of things with VR. We haven't found the perfect balance yet, but particularly in terms of game length. Like Batman Arkham VR I thought was great because it was two hours long. I didn't need it to be any longer than that because otherwise I'd just be uncomfortable standing there. And this, because it's a slightly clunky, slightly average shooter, uh, I thought the, the length was perfect. I didn't really want it to go on any longer, mm. and that was fine. But uh, yeah, it's, it's tricky. I suppose it depends on the game, but it was fine for me. I thought it was okay. Here's my opinion of VR at the moment is that the install base isn't big enough yet for them to make huge AAA games just for VR. Mm -hmm. So it'll have to be things like Resident Evil where it comes out on both. But I'd like to see it incorporated in a different way where because we've kind of learned that VR is good in short stints, maybe it could be a game, an example would be Titanfall. And you play the you play the single player campaign, and whenever you get to a moment where you have to go in a mech, that's like an optional VR moment. Yeah, that sort of thing would be really cool. Yeah, that that would be great. Uh, at the moment, we seriously we don't know how many they've sold. I can't imagine, as you said, that it's going to be particularly incredible. But they mm -hmm. are consistently selling yeah, out. Yeah, but that's mainly because they just aren't making enough of them. They can't make them fast enough. Um, yeah, there needs to be there needs to be a killer app. At the moment, there's no killer app. Um, but as it stands, Farpoint, I think, is a, is a must-have for PlayStation VR owners. But if you're looking to get a PlayStation VR for Farpoint, then don't be silly. It's not worth it. Cool. Is it but worth getting me. one for anything at the moment? For anything? Honestly, I don't know. It's hard to recommend. Um, it is hard to recommend. As I've said before on the podcast, I don't regret buying it, and I like sharing the experience of having someone play VR. I like to have people here and, and, and let them try it and see what they think. Because it is amazing tech, but as you said, it's, it's such early days mm -hmm. that there is no perfect balance of everything, and I'm not sure if there ever will be, because the, the, the various control schemes that are present in Farpoint are... They sort of allude to the fact that there is no... There is no set way of enjoying VR. Someone might find something completely awful because it makes them feel really dizzy, whereas another person might be totally fine. Or someone might just throw up immediately. So we, ju we just yeah. don't know at the moment how, how it's going to play out. If you, if you know someone who has VR, try it before you... I, I just try it before you buy it, really. If you have the money lying around, them, then why the fuck not? If some of you crazy idiots are thinking of buying a PS4 Pro just because you want it, and as we've discussed, we think you're insane. 
But if you want it, <laughs> you can have it. Same with PS4, um, PlayStation VR. If you have enough money and you want one, get one. If you, if have, you have enough don't money, have much money for a PSVR or a Pro, you should probably get the Scorpio because everyone knows it's the best place to play. <laughs> or just a new car. <laughs> Which one is it? The Fiat, the Fiat 500. Yeah, you don't have to be a road tax. Yeah. Then you can yeah, save road that tax money. Yeah, road tax is really cheap. Yeah, there you spend go. Spend that on, I don't know, being a prick. Mm-hmm. Go uh, down to the prick store. Yeah. <laughs> right, so what have you I, done? I've got something to complain about. Oh, God, okay. And it's the only game that I play, which is called Rainbow Six Siege. <laughs> yeah. Every three months after the games come out, they've released new content. Um, it's always two new operators, two playable characters, um, and a new map. And it's always free. You have to save up a lot of renown, which is like the end game point system. And then you can buy the operators. The maps are playable um, a week after the DLC first comes out to anyone that doesn't have the season pass. But essentially, all that DLC is free. You don't have to buy the season pass. All the right. season pass does is give you early access to the operators and the map, and it means you don't have to save up renown to get the operators. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the sort of model that they're going for, and it's nice because it means that every three months people come back to the game, even if they aren't playing it at that moment. They come back to see the new operators, see how they work, see how it changes the whole game. Because obviously, with the way that the different gadgets work, you end up with different combinations, and it it affects most of the other operators when they release a new one. Yeah. So it's it's really nice. It changes the game completely. Then you also get the new map. Um, and this month, this this month was supposed to be a new, a new DLC with two operators and a new map. And something like a week or two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago, they sent out a sort of news item and it was on the, the main page of the of the game saying we've cancelled it what the fuck it's not coming instead we're going to do operation health and what that is is we're going to focus on bug fixes but uh. it's fine because it, it doesn't mean that we it doesn't mean anything else wasn't working it's just we wanted to focus on the health of our game um okay. and what's going to happen is the next two DLC releases which is in three months time from now and then three months after that you'll get an extra operator on each of them so you'll get three operators for those months but you're not going to get a map that was supposed to come out this month okay right and they look at it from the point of view that it's they don't need to reimburse any of the season pass holders because technically all they pay for is to get operators early and they will still get as many operators early okay yeah. They're not paying for a map technically, so it doesn't matter that they're not getting that. But and I'm okay with it. The only thing that pisses me off is that they didn't just come out and say, look, the operators were shit and it wasn't working. Because mm. they've been working on it for long enough that they could re- they were meant to release it by now. That's a lot of work to just suddenly be like, oh, we're going to take an extra 3 months to to release it. So clearly something went wrong and they <laughs> don't have the balls to tell us the truth yeah that's um that's weird i don't know because they never expected uh siege to do particularly well especially mm-hmm. after it came out it picked yeah. up afterwards didn't it so we don't i suppose we don't really know how big the team is that's working on it so it, i mean it could well be a totally sincere oh shit we really need to have a look at these bugs and we don't have a very mm-hmm. big team but you're yeah. right I understand where they're coming from, even if they are lying and they should be telling you the truth. But equally, 
that's kind of bullshit because yeah. now you've got to wait six months between that DLC. Yeah. And the other thing is, like you've said, they probably are a much smaller team than when they were m- developing the whole game. They will have mm-hmm. sized that team down and maybe yeah. the rest of them are now working on the next game. Mm-hmm. But if Ubisoft actually cared about the people playing on that game, which they, you know, they made a documentary about it, they keep trying to um, make it the next esports game. They hold competitions right. all the time and people are winning thousands and thousands of pounds on, uh, on those competitions. They're pushing it so hard. If they really want to make that game loved by its community, they should have just increased the team and said, okay, we're still going to push this DLC out, but we're giving you more people so that you can also fix the bugs that you want to fix. Mm-hmm. It just seems, it all seems a bit weird. Anyway, uh, that's, that's my, I've said my piece. That's fine. That was a very respectable uh, place to come from, Simon. I think you're a big boy, and um, I'm going to buy you an ice cream. Ubisoft just have a small bubble. That's what it comes Yes, they do. The tallest, the the smallest bubble. You, Simon, you've got like... uh, A big anger bubble. A huge bubble, yeah. And someone's come along and burst it. Ubisoft did. (laughs) Came right in, poked it. I've also played What Remains of Edith Finch. I literally just finished it. God, now I'm I'm terrified to hear that you're going to hate it. <laughs> I really liked it. Oh, thank fuck. Some of the moments in that game, I really loved the bathtub scene. Oh my god, right? It's just heart. It's, oh god. It, was it just tears so good. you apart. Uh, I really it's liked really the clever. scene of the guy who works in a cannery. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm, thought that was yep. really unique and it just worked. Yes. Um, and that's what this game excels in. You explained it a couple of episodes ago, or last episode. Basically, I tried to anyway. <laughs> you go to this big house. It's where the house your family lived, and each room was sealed up. The, and behind it is the room untouched of the person that died there. Mm-hmm. And you play through the story of how they died. And it's yes. all these wacky, wonderful things that don't make any sense. And if you played their last game, which was Unfinished Swan, you'll be used to the kind of mind bending. Um, yes. scenarios they like, they like to do this one is even better than that it doesn't go for the art style that Unfinished Swan had which I'm glad of because that, that's done I wouldn't like to go back to that um, although this isn't in a way a sort of prequel to Unfinished Swan isn't it? it kind of is yeah there's yeah there, there, is, a, there is an Unfinished Swan easter egg in there a big one yeah it's, it's, it's such a big easter egg that it, it, it basically makes this game a prequel it almost makes oh, it part of the same universe, doesn't yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it's a nice, touching story that do- it kind of doesn't really explain itself too much. No, it's whimsical as shit, and it, afterwards it makes you you feel you've gone on such a roller coaster of emotions yeah. by the end of it that you feel absolutely exhausted. Yeah, there's um, it kind of has a little twist at the end, mm-hmm. um, which I liked. I would have liked it to have explained maybe a bit more. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have known whether the family is cursed or if they're not cursed. Right. That's the main thing. Um, yeah. Or some kind of it's explanation tr- for that. Or what happened to the grandmother, you know? Evie. Yeah. It, yeah. For, for me, it was more of a, the curse was a, just a superstition thing. And it was just, it just set the, the framework for this. It's how they explained away their almost impossible death rate <laughs> of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, you just played through and, and discovered their their tragic and touching stories. They're yeah. quite fantastical, but they're yeah. I, I I'm glad you like it. Yeah, I'm glad you. Ed at the end, it doesn't really say where she went. Um, you also get a book torn off you towards the end, and you don't get to read the end of it. I would have liked to have 
gone back and found that. Right. Um, and another, one other thing. There's an upstairs above the main floor of the house, which she says, oh, mum must have locked this before I left. Yeah, I was thinking about that. It's a, there's, a, there's an attic, isn't there? You can't get mm. in. And it doesn't ever take you in there as far as I'm aware. I'm just wondering, like, I'm trying to think because there, there is a bit where you, where you pretty much reached a dead end there and you end up somehow on upper floors anyway. So I'm wondering yeah, if maybe, maybe that we just weren't there. looking hard enough in one of the rooms. There was mm-hmm. like a trap door that we didn't see. We just found it on the way in. But yeah, yeah. you're right. I remember that too. I've been thinking about that. Um, but I liked, it keeps you guessing. You hear these weird stories that, which you know must be not, if they, if they are somewhat true, then not 100% true. And... And then you come out of that story and you look at the house where, it's, where it took place and there's evidence of some of the things that happened did happen. So there's a guy that falls over a banister in this story that cannot be true. Yeah. But then you see the banister and it's been like kind of haphazardly repaired exactly where that happened. And also if you look at the the coffee table has changed from a glass coffee table to a wood stump. Oh, I didn't notice that one. It's, uh, it's a tree stump, but it's, yeah. it's like all splintered as if some something's impacted it really heavily. Yeah. So it's like a I don't know, like a weird metaphor for the story. I don't yeah. know. It's just it, it's it's a I just think it's a masterful game of of in, uh, for environmental storytelling. Yes, yeah. There's so much stuff uh-huh. in there that's just perfect. The story itself, like I say, I wish it had wrapped up a tiny bit better. But okay. I would definitely recommend people to play this game simply because of those environmental storytelling techniques. And it does things that I've never done in a game, which is so rare nowadays. So there you go. Simon liked it. If that's not a seal of approval, I don't know what is. I honestly think it's one of the... Uh, it doesn't really have much competition for me personally, but it's it's one of the best games I've played this year. Just because it's it's so different, it's so refreshing mm-hmm. for for a game to come along that's different and really fucking good as well. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, go and play that. It, Quite it costs, expensive. Though. I think it costs like thirteen, fourteen pounds. Does it? Oh, I thought so it was like it's 17. not. It's not too bad, yeah. uh, and you'll get like two, two three hours out of it. Yeah. yeah so it's hours. it's it's not bad, but it's worth it just for the experience. And if you want to have some feels and stuff, then then go for that. Yeah. Uh, is that all you played? That's it. Let's move on to the news. No, it's not news time, Ben. It's what? Simon's quiz. Oh, for fuck's sake. Now it's time for Simon's quiz, and it's going to be really shitty. Now it's time for Simon's quiz, and it's going to be really shitty, shitty. He's going to ask some stupid questions that are going to be really, really crappy. I will. Let's get a fuck on me. Oh, that song, that jingle. <sighs> it gets better, doesn't it? It just, it, um, it's the best thing about this quiz. Is it? Well, should we just wrap it up then? Yeah, well, I've got two questions to ask you, and they're both okay. about um, the company that makes or made What Remains of Edith Finch. Okay. Okay. So, yes. the first question, what is the name of that company? Giant Sparrow. First question, right. Well done. Oh, shit. <laughs> now, if you get all three questions of these two Hang on, you correct, said there were two. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what the fuck? Then you win the prize. Okay. What's the prize? Who published... What remains of Edith Finch? An Anna Mana Pura Interactive or something like that. Annapurna Pictures. Ah, oh, was so cool. Actually, actually, it's interactive. Is the is the publishing arm that does games. Thank you very much. Oh, actually, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll give you minus half a point for being a cheeky cunt. Right, right. So <laughs> what? <laughs> so I lost points. Annapurna Pictures. It's funny, like you say, Annapurna Interactive are like a, a, a branch of that company. 
yes. and they've only just started doing games. They used to do films. They still do films. They're famous for doing um, Zero Dark Thirty. They are. I know because um, I, I had to look them up. I reached yeah. out to them to get my review copy and Sausage Party as well. Yes, they did. God, that's something that film. Yeah, which is almost as artsy as this game. Oh, it is. I think it's more <laughs> beautiful, really. Okay, let's yeah. find another question to ask you. Oh God. Okay. No, so I'm on half one. a point because you if took one off me for on nearly getting it right. Half this is bullshit. This quiz is bullshit. <laughs> half a point out of ten. Yeah. Okay. Because what? If, because if you okay. get this one right, you get eight. You get eight points. Okay. Who is the creative director at Giant Sparrow? Oh my God. See, I have been given this information because I was offered an interview with him. It's a he. Wow. Hmm. You should but, know then. But Eight I points. don't know. No, because I didn't do the interview in the end. I don't know. I don't know. Is it a Keith? Is it a Keith? <laughs> is it a Keith? <laughs> no, it's Ian Dallas. Oh, fuck. And of course it is. because you were offered an interview by him and you still don't know his name, you get minus half a point. Oh my god, I got nothing. <laughs> I knew this. This was my. This was the quiz that I was best positioned to do well in, and I ended up with no points because of your backwards, fucking dictatorship here. I don't make the rules, okay? I did not no, invent this does. quiz. Nobody makes these rules. <laughs> it's bullshit. Let's do the news. PSR UK News, bringing you the latest news from across the world of PlayStation and beyond. With William McPinch and Bobbert Bignuts, this is PSR UK News. Here's today's headlines. PlayStation 3 is dead. Far Cry 5 is a thing. Destiny 2 looks like Destiny 1. South Park the Fractured But Whole is coming this October. Sony dropped some E3 details. And The Witcher is getting a Netflix series. Howdy today, I'm Willa McPinch. It's a sad day today, as the PS3 has died. Yes, Willie. Sony has announced that PlayStation 3 production has ended in Japan. The last console has rolled off the production line. The console would have been 11 years old this November. She was taken from us before her time. Listeners and members of the community, please let us take a moment to remember our lost friend. Willie, you have to be quiet. We're doing a minute silent. Well, it's not my fault this PS3 is so fucking loud. Jesus fuck. Destiny 2 is looking like a very similar game to Destiny 1. For some reason, that's news in the gaming world. I wonder why they'd want to make another Destiny game. Maybe because folk are thick enough to buy it. Yes, Willie, but there are some changes coming in the sequel. Here's the main ones. It's going to have a better story mode. No more Grimace cards. It'll have four worlds to explore with things to actually do on them. The multiplayer component will be slightly less shit. There's going to be a cleanse system, you know, like games in the 90s had. And finally, the user experience will be more refined. Wow, this one will sell even better than the last were. That's right, Bobby. Now here's our final bit of shite worth talking about. 
Um, yes, Willie. E3 is fast approaching and that means we'll get to see games that won't come out for at least two years. It means we'll also see things that make us embarrassed to be gamers. And most importantly, it means people will be assessing which conference was the least shit. So on that, here's some sneak peeks. Yes, Bobby. Once again, if you're really a waste of human jizz, you can go to a cinema in the US or Canada where you can watch the conference in public. Then you can go postal, killing everyone around you and turning the gun on yourself. Also, Days Gone is said to be at the conference in a big way, so expect zombies, zombies, and more fucking zombies. It's like 2010 all over again. That was this week's inverted commas news. Now it's over to Ben and Simon to talk about E3. I'm Willie McPinch, and until next time, bye for now. Wow, I hope they had a good holiday, because they weren't available for the last show, were they? Yeah. I wonder what Willie was doing. Or who he was doing, am I right? <laughs> probably Bobby. Oh, God, yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, filth. Filthy people. Um, Man. There's some E3 I... rumours. Okay, E3 rumours. Do you know any? No. <laughs> oh, well, that's I the don't news. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really care. Like... What was it? Uh, Far Cry 5 was announced. I don't really give a fuck about Far Cry anymore. Even no, though they took a either. break. It'll sell really well. So It'll be, it's set in America and it's basically a carbon copy of the last one mechanically and people will buy it and they will have fun and they will continue their boring lives and nothing ever changes yes. and we're well, going to die alone. When they teased Far Cry 5, people were thinking it was going to be a Western. Yeah, oh my God, that would have been great. And... There was some precedence to believe that because they did Far Cry Primal, which was set in a different era. Mm -hmm. And they could have done Far Cry Western, whatever the name would have been. And I think that would have actually been quite exciting for people like us that liked Far Cry 3, and it's kind of fallen off since then. Yeah. Especially with Red Dead being delayed. Yes, Red Dead was delayed as well, wasn't it? Red Dead Redemption 2. And it was Red Dead 2. I don't know what they're calling it. But... I, I could have gone for two Western games in the space of a couple of months. Mm-hmm. That wouldn't have been so bad. But never mind. That's, that exists. And so if you're looking forward to it, go fuck yourself. But I hope you like it. But go fuck yourself. Yeah. And um, I, don't, I don't really have any other opinions on the rest of the news. What about E3? Are you excited? E3, I'm looking forward to. I like E3 every year. At the moment, I'm trying to work out what kind of coverage I can do for it for work. Are you going <laughs> to so, go? No. no have you I, put the request in to get flown over there? Yes, I have. I have asked. Did he laugh at you? No, I was told that it was not possible. So, and I don't get to go anywhere, remember. I have to stay in the office and do voiceovers. So, no, and it's not a point of contention. So, don't even try and suggest it is and drive a a divide between me and, and my workplace, Simon. How dare you? What workplace? Stop bringing, stop bringing it up. (laughs) Well, um, there was one <laughs> Jesus, rumor that I saw. Speak, well, well, and then just t- pause for five minutes. <laughs> there was one rumor that I saw, which I was almost gonna—I mean, which Willie was almost gonna put in the news. <laughs> yeah, but um, decided against it because it is there's not much evidence behind it. But apparently, okay. um, from software and Japan yes. Studio, uh, yes. Sony's Japan Studio is. Yes making a game about the Aztecs. Okay, that's not what I was expecting, but that's okay. Which would... And this... I don't know where this rumour came from, but this is the information. 
they're making a game about the Aztecs, mm-hmm. and you can change weapon stances, sort of like Neo, and it's sort of a Souls-like. I think it's a load of crap. I don't think that's going to be the case. If they were going to make a Souls-like, they would make a Souls or a Bloodborne game. That, Probably. That, that, I don't. Yeah, I don't know why a studio that already has that in their pantheon would then go and make a game just like it, but yeah. put it in a different franchise. I know that they did that for Bloodborne, but they don't really need to do it again, do they? No, but um, I'm just excited to see what Hidetaka Miyazaki does next. Oh, you nailed it. You got it right. That pronunciation, I mean. That was really why, good. Why did someone just laugh? <laughs> someone laughing at me? Shh, it's a studio owner. Shh, it's okay. You like on me. Also, the PlayStation Plus games have just been announced. Have they? What are they? Yeah. Uh, one of them is Life is Strange, which is oh! excellent. So, all right. No need to take the purse. I might play that, actually. I've not played it. If you can get through the first couple of chapters, then good, because it gets better. Don't count on um, <laughs> Push Square. Let's see what they've got to say. Uh, Killing Floor 2. There's a second one? Yeah, apparently. People played the first one? Uh, PlayStation 3 and Vita are getting um, Abyss Odyssey and World Rally... Uh, oh, fucking hell. WRC 5 World Rally Championship. Mm-hmm. And, and Vita itself is getting Spy Chameleon and Neon Chrome. Wow. Just can't is, wait for uh, those games. By. Yeah, it's crossed by... An, I don't know. No wonder fucking. Vita's not selling. Ah, uh, yeah, because PlayStation Plus would make it sell. I don't know. Those are those are coming. Uh, th- I think Life is Strange is probably the the gem in that lineup. So go and give yeah. that a go because I really liked it. One thing I want to mention is a game that came out on the PlayStation Store either this week or last week called mm-hmm. um, Constructor. Okay. Um, and it's a it's a HD remake. I think they might have added new features. I'm not sure because there's no information about it online of a, a PS1 game from oh. 97 okay and uh, it looks a lot like Tropical you basically you play like a contractor and you have to make houses and all that kind of stuff right. top town view RTS game and I was I like those kind of games and it looked quite funny the voiceover sounded, it sounded like a voiceover you did for that other game <laughs> okay um, they clearly just copied me they probably did yeah and so I thought you know what I might have a look at getting this but it's expensive it's an expensive game. It's like 30 quid on the store. So I wanted to have a look at the reviews. There's not a single review on Metacritic. <laughs> what the fuck? What's it's it not, called? Uh, Constructor. It's not mentioned anywhere. It's really weird. And even if you go on their Twitter, it's like coming out 2017. Wow. It's out. Why is no one trying to actually market this game? Send some codes out. Some of the small websites will review it. God, it is 30. £36 if you yeah. have a disc. No one is going to take that leap of faith unless they remember the last one, which I never played. But no one's going to take that leap for okay, a game that doesn't have any reviews. Here's the reviews for you from Amazon. Oh, on Amazon. I didn't um, check there. Five stars. Yes, it's exactly the same game as 20 years ago. That's why I love it. And to be able to play it again, it's worth the £35 alone. And then one star... Simply put, Constructor for the PS4 is an outrageous rip-off of what is an outdated product. I hadn't played Constructor since the original game came out for PC, and having fond memories of its British charm and challenging strategy, I picked this up, expecting a beautiful remastering of a classic game to celebrate its 20th anniversary. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine why anybody would want to buy this when all you're doing is pay, paying an A-rate price for a 20-year-old game. It, the, the average review score came down to four stars in the end. You see, that is sort of what I was worried about when I found out it was 
a game from 97 was I was thinking, is it a remake? Or is it actually just going to be a remaster? Because I'd rather they took the idea and made a modern game about it. And the price, mm-hmm. you'd think they had done that. Maybe that's why they don't want anyone to review it. Maybe. Maybe they're just not confident. Maybe they've got terrible fucking PR. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, it could be many things. Anyway, I just thought that was worth mentioning. It's a bit bizarre. Also, that game came out this week called uh, uh, Rimi? Rimi? Rime. Oh, Rime. Rime. Yeah, the one that was initially going to be published by Sony, then Sony said, fuck this, we're out. Okay, and then what happened? Um, and and then they they finished the game. And, and the reviews. Exclusive? It's not exclusive okay. anymore. No. Uh, the reviews seem to be a little... Mixed. A little mixed. Some people are saying it's absolutely incredible. The music's and, incredible. I know that much. And some people not really liking it that much. It's very Ico mm-hmm. meets... Um, the Witness. Uh, the Witness, exactly, yeah. So it's got puzzles and stuff. And some people are playing that and rightfully thinking at this point, God, I've played so many games like this. Uh, but And some people just want to throw themselves in and be whisked away on a whimsy adventure. It's uh, 81% on Metacritic at the moment. So that sounds pretty good if you're into that sort of stuff. It, I think it's about 10 hours, maybe okay. sub 10 hours long. The thing that kind of made put me off getting it was that the story is apparently quite lackluster. Uh, yeah, that would be the main reason I would stick around. Yeah. Um, but the music is incredible, and I might just listen to the soundtrack on YouTube instead of buying the game. Okay, if that's all you want to get from it, you fucking weird piece of shit, then that's fine. But that's half the game, Should, we, should we move on to PSR Q&A? Should we move on to PSR Q&A? Yeah. Do you want to be involved with the show in some way? Send us an email to fishandchips at playstationradio.co.uk. Follow us on Twitter at PSRadioUK, or go to our Facebook page where we regularly ask for your feedback. It really is that easy. And leave us an iTunes review, you bastards! PSR Q and questions a bit about you. Listeners. Cool. Uh, right, we've got a few questions here. I would like to reiterate our plea for slightly shorter emails, please. Please, slightly shorter emails. First up, with a marathon cut. Can you hear those people outside? Really, obviously. Studio, studian, The studian audience. Help me. What the fuck are they doing outside? There's nothing going on outside. Maybe they are listening to the podcast. You reckon they've just got one side of devices? Yeah, yeah. Oh God, I'll. I'll keep my voice down then. First up, Simon, I'll take this long one. Yep. It's from Kevin Cox. <laughs> Wait, can you say that again? <laughs> what? What? What you just said. Uh, uh, yeah, okay, I get it. That's funny. Dick joke. <laughs> Why don't you drink your fucking apple juice and gin, you... 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 you. <laughs> hey, guys. Firstly, to respond to my last email and my thoughts on Mass Effect. Remember, he he was excited about pre-ordering it. Mass yes. Effect Andromeda. I have now made it about a third of the way into the game and have mixed feelings. Also, like to point out, Simon, this email is now a month old. <laughs> to oh, this one. We're constantly a month behind. I have now made it about a month, uh, month, hang on, about a third of the way into the game and have mixed feelings. I'd like to say humbly that I think the review community has been pretty damn harsh. The game has flaws, of course, but I personally do think there's a good game in there. And in a strange way, the campaign reminds me of Mass Effect 1. The premise is very cool. Terraforming and colonizing is a fun proposition. However, as Simon would no doubt agree, I don't think the open world concept in this form does the game any favours. You're in a whole new galaxy, but really only explore the open world on five 
uh, five planets or so with a few extra settings. My other criticism is that although I want a game like this to be deep in its mechanics and systems, at times Andromeda seems overly complicated. Anyway, I am enjoying the game and I think it had a very tough legacy to live up to. Overall, I would say it's worth a buy at nice price and a solid 7 out of 10. Okay, so wait till it goes down to nice price. No, yeah, buy at nice price. Well, Secondly... Before you go on, um, that's actually really disappointing what he's mentioned about the open world. You can only explore five planets. Because mm-hmm. when this game was in development, didn't they say they wanted to expand on what Mass Effect 2 and 3 had done and make it so that you could explore more planets and explore more of the planets? I think the planets are very big that you can explore, but they're but largely... But they largely haven't got a great deal on them. Yeah. Um, but that's what Mass Effect uh, two and three, at least, were the ones that I played. Uh, that's what they did so well is that they didn't give you a million places that you could visit, but each one There's felt stuff in them felt yeah. alive and and as part of a, a bigger universe. Whereas this, the whole fucking game is about, as he said, is about colonizing and visiting new lands, and you can only go to five places, five places of Dumb. almost blank planets where you just have to drive Copy-based. around. Mm. I don't know about copy-paste, but yeah. Anyway, secondly, on the PS4 Pro issue I mentioned, which I can't remember, Simon, I have a good 4K TV and my regular PS4 makes modern games look so amazing that the PS4 Pro is totally moot. Also wanted to mention that I purchased a 3TB hard drive to store all my game data, and it's a huge relief to not have to manage my hard drive constantly in its workings with no hiccups, hang on, and it's working with no hiccups thus far. At Ben's recommendation, I also tend to unplug the external hard drive when done using the machine to prolong its life. Did I say that? I might have said that. Um, I've been playing Outlast 2 and it's absolutely terrifying, so much so that the tension is unbearable for more than an hour or so. The aesthetics (laughs) and storytelling are amazing and it is very graphic with extremely disturbing sexual elements. They are certainly pushing the modern horror envelope. I might play it after I've finished Resident Evil. Oh, it's spooky. You still haven't finished it? No, I kind of, I don't know where to go after we finish that section. I just don't know what to do. hippie. (laughs) Anyway, so in conclusion, I'm sticking to my guns. With Neo, Horizon, Mass Effect, Outlast and others, it's been a pretty good year for PlayStation so far. As always, I'm uh, I'm consistently grateful for the world's best and only PlayStation podcast and the way you both consistently engage with your listeners always makes this podcast one of the highlights of my month. Like many listeners, you two feel like good friends to me. (laughs) We're not! And I'm always happy to hear from you. One last question. What 2017 release are you both looking forward to next? Thanks, as always, Kevin Cox. Thank you, Kevin. That was a lovely email. Yeah, uh, what am I looking forward to? Can you go first? Because I don't know what's coming out. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was just waiting. Uh, God, I don't know. Persona 5 was the big one for me. Maybe Red Dead Redemption 2. Bearing in mind I didn't finish the first one, but I'm always ready for a Rockstar game. Is it coming out this month still? This year it's coming out. This year, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I'm probably most looking I believe forward to so. That. I believe so. God, I don't know at this point. But I'd say that for now. And the same for you? Yeah. Cool. Well, that's Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. And this one comes from Evan, which is, again, is an essay. You guys need to stop this madness. Madness. Hello, S and B. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Madness, eh? What? You said this is madness, and he's written an essay. Oh, yeah. Hello, S and B. Broadly, I agree with you on the whole, it would be so much better if every game wasn't automatically an open world point from the last show. How old is this email? Oh, fuck knows. Like a year. <laughs> no, I mean, we have, we have been, we say that a lot. Yeah. 
However, one game where the open world thing sort of worked quite well, even though it felt very Ubisoft formula with lots of shit side quests to bulk out uh, what was quite a short game, was Shadow of Mordor, because it allowed the bosses slash captains to show up at random, even in the middle of other missions, rather than at set points in a more linear game. Now, the game was not without fault, personally. I thought the story was bare, bare minimum, and quite poor, especially considering the world and the lore of that world, which there's just tons and tons of, and it instead seemed to gloss uh, a limited, uninterested story. Yeah, that's my problem with it. But the whole enemy-rival system was the most disappointing for me. Was... Are you okay? I liked that. I'm just really confused. But it felt quite bare bones in the end. You'd kill someone, they might come back with a scar, they'd be more, uh, some relevantish dialogue, and then you'd kill them again. Great content, but over 20 hours felt like poor execution. But hey, it was the first go, and um, it it's hard to, to get a fairly novel concept right in the first go. It's hard to get a fairly novel. Um, so the gameplay video that went up a while ago for the sequel, Shadow of War, Looks like they are tackling that system better, with more focus on the enemy system, making the fights between you and the enemies more set-piece-ish, and adding a bit of squabbling within your own ranks. So the cue is A, do you have comments on Shadow of Mordor slash War generally, and yes. B, if they can pull off this system with a more dynamic feel and creating your own narratives with a broader story arc, is this a way to tackle some open-world games in the future? I say some, because many games, GTA V, The Witcher 3, can do open world brilliantly without needing a system like this. Love you, bye, Evan. Good email. Um, yes. Uh, firstly, I know a lot Simon, of people that love quickly, that game. Yeah? Very, very quickly, I would say that um, there are other games that try to do this sort of randomised element, not not with just the bosses and the enemies, like, uniquely done here, but even Skyrim had a system where it would randomly generate quests for you, and after a while that gets very dull. Yes, I think that's the thing. Is anything where it's random has it has to um, it will get boring eventually. Yes, and it's um, all about I think you making your own story, and especially with the way that they've laid it out in the in the Shadow of Mordor games or, yeah. or whatever. I wasn't a huge fan of the first one. Uh, to be honest, I played it the whole way through and I got the platinum. But again, I thought the story was so bare bones, and I didn't really have a memorable encounter with someone that was rising through the ranks at my expense, but I know loads of people that did have an amazing encounter. And I've seen, I don't know if you've seen the gameplay, Simon, for Shadow of, of War no, or whatever it is. I can't remember what the title is. But that looked really interesting because you actually build up an army instead mm -hmm. and, and you can actually attack different places with armies. And it's almost like a, a war campaign where you your army's smashing down the gates and stuff while you're infiltrating from above. And it looks It looks far more interesting to me, at least. Um, but the Nemesis system, I'm amazed, hasn't been stolen by another game series, to be honest. Yes, well, I like the Nemesis system. I don't think at all that it's a it's a way to tackle the Ubisoft formula open world game. Mm -hmm. I think it's a way, not for that game, but not a way that other games can use. I think that the only reason Shadow of Mordor was more acceptable and more loved as an open world game than many others was because it actually tried to do something different. Right. It, it didn't just follow a formula. I also think that when it came out, it really helped it because it was one of the first massive games um, on next gen. Um, right. And I, so I think a lot of people got it and a lot of people liked it. But I, I liked it, and as much as I liked that system, I got so bored with it that I stopped playing because the story just wasn't compelling. No. 
Um, so I don't think that even if you do have a unique system for a game, it's not an excuse to re- to to just do away with the story or with gameplay. Um, which it didn't do. The gameplay was good, but you get my point. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I think more games should try and do unique things, unique concepts. Um, but yeah, not necessarily nick this one, because then you're just going to end up with another problem. It'll be the Ubisoft Shadow of War game that we have clones of. Yes, I, I think they're, they're, they're doing interesting stuff with the Nemesis system. That's great, but as you said, Simon... The Ubisoft copy and paste factory of open world games, that's not gonna it's not gonna make any difference if if there's no fucking story. because uh, the story is what makes games interesting to me. And the the first game was was almost the Nemesis system was great in spite of the story. And I think they need to have a great story and have the Nemesis system really to to make it a, an all round heavy hitter. Um so I, I think the first one just proves you can't have one without the other. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest advocate for the Ubisoft formula is Horizon Zero Dawn. It's essentially, when you bring it down to its, min- its bare minimums, it's just following that Ubisoft open world formula, except it's got an amazing story. Mm-hmm. The gameplay is genuinely quite unique. Yes. And it's a character that you care about that you play as. It makes mm-hmm. all the difference. It so, does. um,. It's just funny that when they take that formula of a Ubisoft game, which you'd think would save them a lot of time, they don't have to come up with the way their game's going to work. It's done for them. It's painting by numbers at that point. Mm-hmm. Can't they channel that spare time they've got into actually thinking about how they can make make it unique, make it likable? It's it's insane, isn't it? Because I'm thinking about all the Ubisoft open world games from the last 10 years or thereabouts, and I'm thinking Ezio... And that's it. Because <laughs> Far Cry 3 was great, but it was Vaz who was really the driving force there. Yes. It wasn't David or who, or Jake or, or Chad or whatever the fuck he's called <laughs> that he played as. Uh, it, was, it was all about Vaz. And, and Ezio, I think, is the only protagonist from the last 10 or so years of Ubisoft open world games that's had an ounce of charisma or anything that translates to you giving a fuck about him and what's going on for him. You think about Watch Dogs 1 and 2. They just these guys are just 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 like expelled gas wearing people <laughs> clothes. It just there's nothing to them. The I box. don't I don't care about them. And that's what Ubisoft are fucking up because if they as you said with Horizon if they it's it's a rather paint by numbers game in the sense of you can collect this you can kill all of these you can take down all of these bandit camps you know yeah. you climb shit to be able to unlock more of the map but because it's got a great world and great gameplay and, and a great character that makes it infinitely better it makes you want to it, it makes it infinitely better and it makes you want to do it and that's what ubisoft games have been missing i think yeah. is that they, you just don't give enough of a fuck to see it through sometimes take Watch Dogs for example it's uh, it's got the hacking element, which is supposed to be its uh, USP, right? But essentially, it, it's just a bad GTA game with some hacking mini games that do stuff. Yeah, because they've set it in that modern day type environment. It's just, it's just um, GTA with bandit camps. I'd like to see a Watch Dogs set in the uh, the years leading up to the events of Far Cry Primal. <laughs> I'd like to see a Watch Dogs set in. 
a sort of Blade Runner type dystopian oh, future. Super future, yeah. Why with, the fuck not? Yeah. With cyborgs and you can't tell who's actually human and who it that kind of stuff. You could have a really interesting game, but they just they've got no imagination. Well, I mean, Watch Dogs did have Aiden Pierce's iconic cap. And I literally only know <laughs> his name is Aiden Pierce because he because the, the fucking special edition had Aiden Pierce's iconic cap. Which is hilarious. But his first game. <laughs> but I know his first fucking game before it even came out. <laughs> He's a legend. He's gonna be an icon. <laughs> oh. Fucking bullshit. Anyway, thank you very much for that, Evan. That was great. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Mike Bartlett. He says, I was listening to some of your old interviews a while back and it was mentioned that doing the motion uh, capture for some games has taken as long as one or two years. Would you prefer games to have motion capture? Yes. Or would you rather they get the games out sooner with handmade animations? No. <laughs> it, well, it depends, right? It depends on the, the... Oh, my God. Right. So Mass Effect, I don't know what happened there. Uh, yeah, mocap, I think, is is vital. A Naughty <clears throat> Dog hand animate the facial expressions... Uh, they hand animated it for Uncharted 4 and it looked amazing. But I still think movement and reactions to forces of like being knocked over and stuff, I think mocap is so essential now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, he says, I personally don't think mocap animations make a huge difference and often look overacted and unnatural. You're insane, Mike. I don't know what you've been playing and would prefer games to come out more often. I suspect this is why games like The Witcher 3 have relatively short development times considering the size of the game. There was definitely mocap in The Witcher 3. Oh, Mike. The Witcher 3 was all mocap. In yeah, fact, if you look, at the, you're if you look about, at the Mike. behind the scenes, they've got, um, they're on like a massive green screen stage. And not only are they there acting out each scene, but there's also a guy with a camera. And I didn't know this existed. Instead of it having a traditional lens for filming, yeah, it basically converts all the green live so that the cameraman can see it. Yeah, you can move it into around, the game, you? and he can move the camera to where he wants, and they can record things, and they can have an idea of what what they want to set up, what they want to do. Yeah. Um. So that the technology is going so far with that motion capture and it was all in the in oh i'm thinking of horizon but the witcher would have been the oh, same okay right yeah, yeah no the, the witcher there was a huge amount of mocap for that yeah, there would have uh, been, mike yeah. maybe i think maybe what he means in terms of the witcher is that you know when you're having conversations with stuff you'll sometimes see uh gerald as we call him uh do the same gestures from time to time that's because oh, they probably the, shot yeah, the a fair that, amount yeah. of those but you know all the cutscenes, all the all the rest of that shit that's mocapped man that's uh yeah, I think it's so important. And bear in mind that the games aren't waiting on the mocap. It takes a long time to yeah. make games full stop. And, you know, if, you're, if you've got a game that's like Little Big Planet and stuff, obviously that doesn't need mocap. It depends on the game. But if it's got people and it's telling a serious story, I think motion capture is essential. Yeah. Well, now that I know essential. what game he's talking about, the weakest parts of The Witcher for me were, in terms of the way it looked, were when you're doing those smaller side quests and... Gerald is just doing the same things that you've seen time and time again. Yes, because you'd get a game of that if they hadn't done it for the main stuff. Yeah, if it wasn't for the fact that you understand it is a time constraint and the main stuff is really good, mm-hmm. you would probably mark that down as a, a big negative to the game, just like Mass Effect. I would, yeah. I really would. Um, I sort of see where you're coming from, Mike. I would love games to come out more frequently, but equally, I'd, I also don't really care as long as the games come out and they're good and i think a big part of games being good nowadays is mocap and so that's important i also think that we 
don't, I don't know exactly how these games are made, but I would find it hard to imagine that whilst that motion capture is going on and whilst the animation teams are working on something, the rest of the studio is just sitting there twiddling on their thumbs. They're yeah, working on no, something they're, they're as well. They're making it. They're, they're making the game. I'd find it hard to believe that the game is waiting for the motion capture to finish before it can be released. No, that, that I, I'd say that's that's extremely rarely the case. There's always stuff to be working on with a game. But, you know, game production's fucking huge. Um, and also, the bit that, from the interview that he heard, where it takes as long as one or two years, I'm fairly sure that was Leon telling us about Heavy Rain. Can you imagine what Heavy Rain would look like if it didn't have mocap? Can you imagine? <laughs> it, it, would be, it, would be so, it would be so much worse, though. It would be mind really if I take wonky. a loop around? Oh, as long as you don't mind a little rain. Oh, <laughs> awful. <laughs> the kids, the fucking children. Amazing. Yeah, okay, moving on, Simon. Uh, yeah, this one comes from Big Jambo. What's up, guys? A few months ago, I read an article predicting the PlayStation 5 was expected at some point in 2018. Since then, more have caught my beady little eye. That makes it sound like he's looking at it with his penis. This this is my friend James. My question for you guys is, do you even need it yet? Possible points to consider. One, we just got the PS4 Pro. Two, the longevity of the PS3 compared to the PS4. Three, the arguable fruitless offerings of PS4 titles since launch. Last year was quite a drought. Four, if the PS4 has proven value for money compared to previous games, gens, uh... Five, sure, if they can do it, why shouldn't we have it? Discuss. P.S. The show knocks my bloody socks off constantly. All love and best wishes as always, Big Jambo. Thanks, James. Thank you very much. I'm just going to uh, say no. Yeah, I don't want a don't PlayStation 5. That would, uh, I mean, as short-sighted and silly as we both agree the PS4 Pro is, like, just imagine if they then suddenly released the, PS4, the PS5. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, oh, oh. What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah. I mean, the only way I could see a PlayStation 5 coming out would be if it was fully backwards compatible. Yes. Because yes. there's game, so many games in development for this gen. It would just be, it would be crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would also be crazy to kind of lose the momentum that Sony have got from this generation of consoles. And yeah, starting again from scratch. I, I they're making it, and you can be sure of that. But it's not. I Coming would be. No. I would be amazed if it was announced in the next couple of weeks at E3. That would just be. That would be insane. I could happily like. It doesn't feel like I've had the PS4 that long, right? No, I reckon I happily play it for a few more years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, that that would that would still be a shorter life cycle than the PS3. But that's okay. Actually, yeah. it'd be about the same. Yeah. It'd be about the same. I think that the. Horizon again we're talking about it because it's amazing but mm. that game is really showing that the PS4 hasn't been pushed to its limits until then and I remember when Uncharted started to push the PS4 to its limits with things like Uncharted 2 and The Last of mm. Us yes other games started to suddenly kind of raise the level a little bit as well mm-hmm. I think that maybe we're only just starting to get to that point we've still got a few years where other developers catch up. I, you know, yeah. I think there's still power that can be squeezed out of that console. I agree. There's so much. There's so much. It's um, yeah. I think that would be that would be crazy if that came out. Mm-hmm. 
next year. Uh, finally, we've got an email from Josh. He says, hello, chaps, just a quick one for you. Discuss. And he sent us a screenshot of a tweet from our favourite scumbag, Colin Moriarty, who says, this is going to look great in the new apartment, hanging it in a place of prominence. And it's a framed photo of one of his previous tweets that says, ah, peace and quiet, hashtag a day without a woman. So just that, so you know... That is the tweet that got him sacked, isn't it? Colin Moriarty is a sexist piece of shit, and when he did a sexist piece of shit thing, uh, the kind of funny guys that he works with said, hey, that kind of makes you look like a sexist piece of shit. Please apologise. And he said, no. And so they decided to split ways. It's not really well promoted. They never mention it on Kind of Funny, because that would be kind of business suicide for them to do that. But he's clearly a piece of shit. Well, I... That was on International Women's Day, I think, that he tweeted Yes, that. he did. He did say, yeah, he kicked off on International Women's Day, which is like, fuck off. Yeah, and he said it was a joke, and there was all these replies talking about how funny it was. I still can't see the joke. Is it something that I don't understand? Is it is it like a meme or something? I don't I don't get it. It's just, be, it's just being sexist is funny, I think. I mean, is it, it just, is the joke that women um, make his life not peace and quiet? Is that the joke? I don't know. He's, he's in a relationship from, from what I understand. I don't understand how any woman would want to go anywhere near a guy like that. Yeah. Because to be honest, women that are tweet... not as good as men. <laughs> what the yeah, fuck is It's not funny. You? It's just like, it's so childish that, and so it, it's one of those jokes that's so simple. You don't know if you've got it or not because mm. people are laughing and it's pretty simple. He's anyway, basically saying, ooh, stinky girls is what he's saying. But like yeah, as an people, adult who is actually... people are laughing and retweeting it. And it's like, oh, well, God. I don't care. And I don't think most women would care. He's just a fucking idiot. But if I was kind of funny, I would have fired him because he thinks that's funny. He obviously has no sense of humour and the business is called kind of funny. He's kind of not funny. So... <laughs> oh, you should put you know, that in your fucking Tumblr. I should frame that and put it on my wall in a place of prominence. In a place of prominence. I'm not a dick. (laughs) Wait, we're not complete cunts. Yeah, Yeah. just to recap, Colin Moriarty, massive cunt, not a loss. Not a loss to the gaming industry at all. Oh, but the Uh, the worst thing is I kind of wish he'd stayed in the gaming industry. Okay. Because he's off to do this, um, he's been funded on Patreon or whatever. He's getting tons of money for it. He's making some kind of um, history show on the internet. And can you think of anyone who would be more biased and more one-sided in, in, in history lecturing or teaching than Colin Moriarty? Oh, I know. But you know now he, he's got an audience. It's almost, yeah. I almost wouldn't be surprised if the, and I hate that we're talking about him, but I almost wouldn't be surprised if this whole thing was a ploy because he's not, he's not a total idiot, right? He's, he's an intelligent guy. It's just a shame that he's a massive twat. But he clearly has identified that there's a large audience on the internet of very angry man-children that can be catered to. And I wouldn't be surprised if he did this. And maybe if he doesn't even feel this way, but he said that shit so he could get them all on side. And now he's going to do a really angry, yeah. very, very questionable history show. Yeah. And he's going to instantly have tons of support from this very vocal group. Um, well, so now he's... You see how much he's making a month off it? It's, it's, it's insane. It's insane, yeah. From, the outs- from an outside country looking into America, one of the things that is abundantly obvious and it affects the whole country, I think, that's my personal opinion, is that they teach history in a way that it's sort of like the world revolves around the US. They don't really look at other countries, other factors. So, for example, if you talk about their wars of independence, a lot of them don't even know that France was involved. 
they don't know that there was what was there like twelve countries involved or something. I'm I'm not going to go anywhere near this because anyway, I know we have we have American listeners and I don't want to. Um, I think if if Americans were and I'll probably get hate for this, but I think if Americans were to truthfully say that their education was on par with the rest of the world, they'd they'd be they'd be quite thick. There's charts that show it isn't. Arguably, ours isn't either. Ours isn't. It's, it's all about just making perfect. sure you're an informed individual. Yeah, and, uh-huh. and, and I, I think th- that what my point is is I think that historians like Colin Moriarty, who are nowhere near qualified Dang, did to you do just that. call him a, a, a historian well that's what he's trying to be isn't it i know he is yeah just I, it's I think that's going to perpetuate the problem when you have ignorant people preaching ignorance to other ignorant people it's just going to perpetuate that it's yeah, quite uh, scary he, he did study history but it was very obvious whenever he spoke about history on yeah it was so obvious. funny or it was he was a very very biased man towards yeah. his opinions and when you're talking about history you can't really have be. opinions uh-huh. it's fact anyway that's enough about that that's enough about him we always say we won't talk about him but then whenever he gets brought up we can't stop because he's a massive (laughs) cunt he's uh, got a small bubble he's got always the tiniest bubble we gotta have the bigger bubbles here guys (laughs) gotta have the bigger bubbles and american listeners we know you're not stupid you're listening to us which means that you're really stupid (laughs) but then so is everyone else (laughs) welcome to the club no, I'm not saying I'm not trying to say Americans are stupid. I'm trying to say that there's a there's a problem with their education system for some of them. You know? Yeah, it's very I'm different. Sure. I'm sure and if you've got angry young men that are rallying behind an angry older man, then that's yeah, not good either. Exactly. Who's who's perpetuating perhaps slightly biased and weird historical stuff. Whatever. 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 Let's move on to communities. Communities, sexy, scary, fun. We're going to look around PSN and try not to shoot our pods. Join us, why don't you, as we seek out the truth to reveal some pedos and try to look at boobs. Sexy times. Oh, that's that's hard. And now it's time for the PlayStation 4 community that makes me most embarrassed, makes us makes us most embarrassed to play games on PlayStation 4. Simon. Mm-hmm. The porn has gone. There is no porn. Wow. There is no dodgy, rapey communities. I think we've done it. Was it us? Did we win this battle? I, I think I, I'm going to take credit for it. The rapey, sexist, 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 the sexy, rapey, paedophile communities that were perpetuating the trending section of the communities of PlayStation 4 now appear to be drying up. It doesn't <laughs> mean they're not the out there. Our mission is not over, Simon. Okay. But. They're harder to find. They're harder to find. Literally only on the trending stuff now is stuff that makes you just kind of cringe a bit. And it does technically still make me embarrassed to play on PlayStation (laughs) Like what? So this one is called. God, it's it's got such a long name. I can't even read it. It's called just. (laughs) It's called just be yourself and, and have fun chatting and make friends. That's what this one is. Okay, but then when uh, you go inside, what is it? Just pictures of naked people? <laughs> when No, no naked pictures. When you go inside, the header picture is of a busty anime girl, because of course it is! Oh, so what else would it be? Because they're getting rid of them more actively, they have to be more... Uh, 
sneaky and how they how they get that stuff yeah, out there. S- sneaky beaky. Yeah. Uh, and the profile photo appears to be of probably not the person who owns the community, but it's uh, an Asian lady who's seductively sucking a lollipop. And again, don't know what the relevance is to this, but clearly it's just full of creeps. Just full of creeps. It says, hi, peeps, and welcome. Few rules, pulls. No posting any nude pictures or be mean to any of the community members, okay? Otherwise, you're kicked and blocked. So just be yourself and enjoy chatting with the community members and making friends. Full what stop. if you be X yourself and you're a rude person and you insult people? Uh, yeah, what if you be yourself and you want to share porn? What, what do you do then? <laughs> How would you find these communities that you belong to now that they no longer trend? I'd like to point out that this uh, this description, most of the words in it are capitalized at the start, but some of them aren't, which is, I, the inconsistency is really annoying. There's weird punctuation issues and grammar issues, like they use the wrong version of your, and oh, it's awful. Um, and then you just go through and it's it's a lot of very lonely people just saying hello and posting revealing shots of anime women. Um, it still does make me embarrassed to be part of that community it does so technically this section can limp on if they cleaned that up because and this probably isn't the case but imagine they'd heard it on the podcast and they thought shit we need to clean this up they cleaned it up they've missed the whole point the point isn't get rid of the borderline illegal stuff that's happening the point is handpick some genuinely good communities that reflect well upon the community the PlayStation community, things like, for example, ours. You know, here's a podcast about PlayStation. Amazing. You could have another one that's maybe like some kind of siege tournament that's going on. You could have all kinds of stuff that reflects different parts of different gaming communities. But then they need to put someone in charge, and that's a whole thing, apparently. Yeah, that's the reason, isn't it? Yeah. But anyway, make sure you send us. We did get one sent in, and I, I forgot. Um, who sent it so my apologies but we will look at it next time again it's just another embarrassing one uh, if you guys want to start searching keywords of like sexy or, oh or horrible stuff just let us know it doesn't have to be trending but if you want to sky yourself for entertainment purposes then let us know and send me some screenshots over PSN but that's yeah. it let's move on to the end of the show end the show oh hello didn't hear you come in I'm esteemed voice actor Richard McGonagall, and what I find goes best with a glass of brandy, open fireplace, and my best smoking jacket and slippers is a good episode of PlayStation Radio UK. You know you want to be like me, so go on, get listening. End of the show, end of the show, are you yawning? How fucking dare you? End of the show, end of the show end of the show thank you so much everybody for listening with it's your ear holes it's been a lovely time we'll be back probably in late october uh at this rate uh, completing our trifecta of three podcasts this year which is a record for us oh, i just thought i just had a thought of how awkward it's going to be to podcast down in high wickham it's going to be like a shared house Oh, no, you'll be all right i podcasted from a shared house in london the first one's going to be awkward because you're not sure how much noise you can make but you'll get you'll get more comfortable. Don't worry, fam. Don't worry, bruv. Yeah. Don't worry, fam. We'll make it work. I'll be like, hi guys, welcome to PlayStation Radio UK. Hi guys, uh, welcome to PlayStation Trophies. <laughs> if anyone wants to join me, <laughs> you can do. If, and for those who aren't familiar, that was how I found Simon. He posted a podcast called PlayStation Trophies. And look who turned uh, out to be the episode. biggest trophy horn. No wonder you 
one update. one fucking episode. He, uh, I'm starting this new podcast. Uh, if anyone wants to, and then the longest fucking pause ever. Join me. Join me. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then here we are. But uh, yeah, if you want to join, join us, me, <laughs> Simon's going to tell you how right now. In his own time. Well, if you want to um, join me, <laughs> you can go to www.playstationradio.co.uk. You can find links to our social medias. We're on Facebook if you search the podcast name. We're on Twitter if you go to at PS Radio UK. Ben's on Twitter, confused underscore dude. That's I'm right. on Twitter, Simon Cy Thornton. Uh, you can email us, fish and chips at playstationradio.co.uk and you can get to our community which isn't embarrassing by searching for it or adding us one of either me and Ben on PSN and you can see that we're in that community yeah you can just search for it anyway and if you want to add us on PSN make sure you say that you're a listener of the podcast because no one likes someone to show up on their doorstep and not say anything that's weird yeah that's weird don't do that either uh, thank you very much, everybody, for sending us emails and stuff. We have a few emails left, so feel free to get them get them sent in, even though they won't be read out for three months. Um, and Simon, thank yeah. you for doing the podcast today. Yep, thanks for um, yeah. thanks for cool joining uh, me. Thank you very much. Oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> thank you, everybody. So Love you. Love you. Bye. bye. <laughs>